that's when it came out of a clear blue sky. Oh, the dear good Lord's own sweet breath and his voice like an electric shock. I Welcome to Good Luck America, a politics and news podcast, with your hosts, Adam Todd Brown and Chet Wild. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Good Luck America, a politics and news podcast. A news and politics podcast. What? It could be both of those things. I'm Chet Wild, and that's Adam Todd Brown. <laughs> oh, man, because we do podcasts. Oh. What? Right? And we're live streaming. We are live streaming this episode of Good Luck America. If you're a Patreon subscriber at the $10 level, you can watch us uh, live stream a couple pods each week. We took a break from doing that because I moved to a part of Los Angeles that barely has internet service. But I figured it out, and we are back in business now. Now, here's my issue with you not wanting me to watch the live stream on my phone and engage in the comments while we're potting. I pay $10 a month, Adam. It's this is the this is my bonus for paying $10 a month and you're denying me the right to participate because I need in you to live. help me host this podcast and talk about the things we're talking about. And I know if you take questions from the comments, it's all going to be about imperfect produce and not opening your mail and colonoscopies and things of that nature colonoscopies you don't actually say it that way <laughs> i hope right do the you emoluments oh my god not again anyways we I got a lot to get through because we're doing a uh, we're doing a, another live pod at 12 noon yes at noon we're doing an episode of unpopular opinion you could also be watching that if you subscribed at the ten dollar level you greedy fucks Unless you're me, in which case then you have to be a part of the pod. You don't have to be. I mean, you do today, right now. Why? 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 Well, because you you make it sound like you're being forced to be here. No, I want to be forced to be here while watching this simultaneously. Well, pull it up on your phone. No. So before we actually get into what we're talking about today, and this, this even kind of applies because... Right now, a lot of people are once again distracted by the idea of a space force. And there are so many, like, if you're following someone for news and information about politics, and they have at all tweeted anything suggesting that the idea of a space force is stupid, that person is not actually reading about the subject they're tweeting about, and you should not trust their opinion on it. Because the Space Force, we did an entire episode about it. Now Mike Pence is moving forward with it. And people are back to tweeting like, oh, fucking Starship Troopers, we have an outer space treaty. Blah, blah, blah. None of that applies. The Space Force is actually a decent idea that has been around for a long time. And we're just debating whether it needs to stay in the hands it's in now or move to different hands. And I would argue it does need to move to different hands. So... Fucking take it easy on the Space Force jokes, idiots. Yes, but I wrestle with this. Okay, how? Because, let's say we're under Hitler, and we're like, this guy's killing the Jews, or even before he was killing the Jews, we're like, this guy's probably gonna kill the Jews, he's gonna be doing some Nazi shit. But also, he's like, pro-animal rights, and like, 
wants to advance color photography. Okay. So if you had Twitter during that time, would you be like, hey, this monster is awful, but also like I can get behind the animal rights thing. Like it's just a tough thing to wrestle with. It's not a matter of getting behind a Trump initiative. It's a matter of doing what we need to do to protect our assets in space. It's a thing that honestly should have been brought up under any number of past administrations before, and it has been. This was first brought up in, I think, 2003 under the Bush administration, and even then it was, hey, you need to take care of how shittily the Air Force is handling our Space Force, or we're just going to create a separate Space Force. And in that entire time, the Air Force has still been treating the idea of protecting space like science fiction nonsense that they don't need to worry about. In the Air Force's opinion, wars are won in the sky, not in space. So they have a long history of siphoning money that should go to protecting our assets in space to whatever budget concerns they have for the actual Air Force. This isn't a Trump initiative. It's just a thing Like, think of how many aspects of your daily life are controlled by satellites. Could you could you drive places without GPS? I challenge myself to come here without GPS today. But yes, in general. But you get what I'm saying. So much of our not only our lives, but so much of pretty much all of our military machines run on GPS now, which is actually a disadvantage when you compare our military fleets to Russia and China that still have some ships that run on analog measurements. Meaning if we knock out their satellites, they still have war machines they can work with. You knock out ours, we have nothing. Mm. Like we're done. So it's not a matter of who brought this up. It's just a matter of the Air Force needs to quit fucking it up. I guess if I'm trying to boil my point down, it's most people aren't Adam Pod Brown and aren't able to separate those things. I know, but they should be. And I'm not talking about most people here. I'm talking about people who would have you believe that they're really looking into what Trump's doing, and they're really paying attention to it and really doing the research and telling you what you need to know. Most of these motherfuckers are not. That's all I'm saying. I I, I don't agree with it. Like I think people need to look deeper, but I think when people crack their jokes about Space Force War, it's just people trying to fucking cope with the insanity that we're dealing with. I'm not saying it's helping. I'm just. I, I'm trying yeah, to. Not I'm helping, trying to yeah. better understand the why behind. Yeah, it. I mean, I get the why, but it's not helping. Like, I get why racists vote for Trump, but it doesn't excuse it because they're racist. Yeah, and it doesn't. But it doesn't excuse it. Like, That's it true. doesn't. It doesn't make it a good idea or a good thing people should do. So. I wonder if there's a better name than Space Force, but I guess like you no. call Air Force Air Force, but it just it's just when Trump says it, it's so fucking absurd. It just comes off as absurd. But what else do you want him to call it? I that's the thing. I I don't know. What else would you want? It, like again, that's not his name for it. Yeah. So what would like what would you have the military and space experts of the world call it? Aside I would call from the it Space, space Force. Force presented by Unpop. Subscribe at Patreon.com. Yeah, Unpops. Space Force presented by. Robert Bigelow's Comfort Suites motel chain. Yeah. (laughs) That's who's in charge of all our space travel right now. Good guy who runs Comfort. Or no, sorry, Budget Suites. I mean, got a a budget suite. Cheap in the name. It's great. Not bad. But the reason I bring that up also, because I've already done an episode about why we should actually be looking into the Space Force. 
The reason I bring it up is there's another force that has been in the news since June, July, and you're not seeing as many people talking about it, if anyone. Like, no one I'm is not seeing shit because I'm not on social media, but I trust you. Well, so you're not, you literally only get your news from social media? No, not only. I'm just, I've been more detached lately. Right, but you haven't, whatever news you've taken in has yeah. not been about the denaturalization force. That's correct. And I've been going to Fox News every day. Not a bit. I've been going to CNN, NBC, and Fox News every day. I check them once. Yeah. And, and it's, it's fascinating. What the, have the you seen? Ones. Like, I haven't None of this. seen, I look at a lot of headlines from a lot of different publications. I need to start including Vox in the fucking headlines. Vox is fucking great. One thing. Because they have a really, really good profile right now about the denaturalization task force that Trump has put together. DTF. <laughs> <laughs> yeah! Man! Do you think they're DT69? Six six, DT six they're just going, <laughs> oh, man! DTSN. <laughs> Woo! Do you think they, they just, the Trump, like they're sending ICE people out? Going door to door, hey, are you DTF? And like, yeah, <laughs> and then they're like, get him! Probably. So let's talk about the denaturalization task force, which is, this is a very scary thing. And it all starts with something. I'm not DTF. Like all of the other terrifying things Trump has his hands in, a lot of them started with things that happened with past administrations. And in this case, the denaturalization task force has its roots in something called Operation Janus, or as I wrote it in the notes, Operation J-Anus. It's like the letter J's in their butthole. How do I do it? How do I do it? If you put like any letter up your ass, but if you put any letter up your ass, like J's a good letter because there's kind of a handle, like it's yeah, you can get it back out, and I is going to just escape up there forever. Yeah, you want a J or an L? It's a good one hand. I guess T would be a good two hand letter, but J's J or L. Yeah, the dog's leaving the room. She's very uncomfortable, Poppy. <laughs> so what happened is a little over a decade ago. She came ago, back in when we stopped talking about anus. <laughs> a little over a decade ago, a Border Patrol agent found around 200 instances of people who used different identities to get green cards and citizenship after they were previously issued deportation orders. And that's not great. Nope. Uh, Schemers. Right. Scamming the system. And that is, you, you know, legitimate. In some cases, in other cases, it's just like uh, in a lot of Latin American countries, there are multiple surnames and things that people go by. And it could just be like, we'll get to it. it it's not necessarily all that. And it's probably not all that. But from there, a a watchdog group uncovered 315,000 fingerprint records for immigrants who had been deported or had criminal records that were never uploaded to the Department of Homeland Security database that they use to verify an immigrant's identity when they come to the United States uh, seeking citizenship. And the feds have been uploading those fingerprints ever since. So the, the idea is that they're uploading these and whenever there's a match – 
meaning someone currently in the United States who is uh, seeking citizenship or maybe even has already attained citizenship, maybe tried to get citizenship before and was denied or deported. And then now they're using, you know, they're comparing the fingerprint records, Mm -hmm. basically. And on the surface, that sounds perfectly reasonable. And if it was limited to just that, it would maybe impact a couple thousand people and a couple thousand people that you could argue probably shouldn't be here. If you're a Trump supporter hearing this and going, fuck, yeah, that's law and order, baby. You're probably right as it pertains to this small group of people. But the thing is, let's keep in mind, they're still people, Trump supporters. They're yeah, people. They are still people. Human and in beings. this case, people who have attained citizenship yeah. already. And the thing about denaturalization, what that means Sounds is- Sounds unnatural. It, <laughs> it does. You motherfucker. I wrote that last night. <laughs> the thing is, denaturalization, what it basically means is the government comes to you and says, hey, we know we said you're a citizen, but you're not a citizen anymore. We are stripping that right you're from you. You're a DTF and you're out of here. <laughs> exactly. You're going to stick with that DTF bit this entire podcast. Not right? a bit. <laughs> they are DTF. You're right. You're right. And so here's the thing. Denaturalization, because it's such an extreme thing, is something we previously just sort of contained to like people who were accused of war crimes. One really prominent example would be former Nazis who came into the United States using false identities. At some point, we realized a lot of those former Nazis were here. and We were like, beat it, Nazis. Get the fuck out. Go back to your Ace of Base homeland. Right. But the problem is now the Nazis are making those decisions as to whose citizenship applications So Nazis, are come on in. Everybody else, get the fuck out. And that's kind of like that's sensationalizing it a bit because things started to turn again as all other horrible deportation things that are happening right now with a previous administration. And in that case, it would be the Obama administration. Because what happened is, for the longest time, we used this basically, even if you lied to get into this country or to get citizenship, that lie had to present some sort of material threat to the country or material support for a terrorist group in the past. The government at one point took a woman to court trying to denaturalize her citizenship because she lied about her husband being involved in war crimes in Bosnia. And the government was like, that's material support. And it went to the courts and the courts were like, no, it's not. And she retained her citizenship. So these are hard cases for the government to win. But then they were, oh, go go ahead. But then my understanding is Obama's like, you know, it's maybe almost as bad, if not worse than war crimes, being a kid fucker. Maybe we should apply this to kid fuckers. Right. And see, the thing is, citizenship, like once you're, we're talking about people who have citizenship. So they're supposed to be entitled to the same treatment as any other citizen, including if you commit a crime, you just go through the American justice system as a citizen. And what Obama did, at least partly knowing no one's going to fucking argue against this, he took a case to court where a guy had applied for citizenship in 1996 and failed to disclose the fact that he had a previous conviction for, I think, aggravated sexual assault of a child. And... Kid fucker. Right. So no one is going to 
take to the streets and protest that. And for good reason. Like, you should, if you're a sexual predator who has been convicted of that, we need to know that before we decide you're a citizen now. Yeah. So even though it was still kind of encroaching on uh, sort of an unwritten law we've had in place for a long time, where denaturalization is a very extreme thing that we only do in extreme cases, Obama encroached on that, but used such an extreme case that no one would say anything. Yeah. But then the government took it a step further, but still in that same way that no one's going to protest. There was... Go ahead. Do you think it was with a hidden agenda, and this is all very strategic, or they're just trying to get rid of bad people, and now this is this that precedent's being used against? Like, like how strategic? I don't know. I'm just telling you what happened. Okay. Like, I'm not here to speculate on what Obama's agenda was in pushing that case, and I'm not here to speculate on what the Trump administration's agenda was in pushing the next case, which happened in 2017. In this case, it was five dudes who were accused of uh, sexual abuse of a child, I think like a child porn or child trafficking ring. And they were all convicted after they had gained citizenship. So by the usual standards, they would just, you know, be thrown in fucking prison and where they would ideally rot for the rest of their lives. Get fucked by a bunch of adults for being kid fuckers. Right. That's right. how that's how you get targeted first. You, what? In prisons, they they chat wild prison expert. Child. Have I never talked about my uncle that's a correctional officer? No, you have not. I got a lot of inside info on how the prison system works. <laughs> well, we do know child child fuckers tend to get raped. Yeah, yeah. First, we know that. Like know. first, well, yeah, we know that. I mean, did you not watch Dirty Work? The things they do. I watched Oz. I get it. You watched Dirty Work too. We did a live pod. I don't remember that. Remember where Norm comes out of the jail and he's like, "The things they did." Nope. I don't remember that. I guess you'll have to go back and <laughs> listen to talking at the movies. So what happened in the case of these five, this case that the Trump administration brought trying to strip these five dudes of their citizenship. In that case, they were convicted after they became citizens, which, like I said, should normally mean they just go through the American justice system. But Trump, because the crimes they were convicted of technically started before they applied for citizenship the government is arguing that their application for citizenship is null and void because they failed to disclose a crime that they had committed at the time they were applying and again that sounds like cool who's going to argue with that it's no space force but i think it's a a trump idea that a lot of people would be able to get behind yeah and the, the idea of kicking. seems like a reasonable approach right but here's where thing when people say oh that's a slippery slope you never know where they're going to take it next we've reached a point in history where that's very fucking true and even in the most extreme cases be it free speech or whatever else we need to start going hey 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 take it easy like we've the, the way this thing has been working for a long time has been working fine. And the way you're rocking the boat, it doesn't need to be rocked. Because what the next logical step from, okay, well, these dudes' crimes happened before they applied for citizenship. And if we win that case, the next case they have coming down the pike is a lawsuit that he has brought against 
a 63-year-old grandmother from Miami who is living with a rare kidney disease. And That's not good. Not good for me. I, no, have, exactly. I have a rare kidney disease. Yeah, Nazis hold the able-bodied in very high esteem. Yeah, I just finished watching watching season one of uh, The Man in the High Castle. And so she's been here for 28 years. Her name is Norma Bergono. She immigrated from Peru in 1989, uh, raised, I believe, three kids on a $500 a week salary by herself in Miami, which is not a cheap place to live, uh, volunteers weekly at her church. Unfortunately, at some point during the previous decade, she worked for a company called Texan Incorporated, and her boss at that job was the mastermind behind a $24 million fraud scheme. That's not a lot of money in terms of masterminds, but... Well, in the at that time, it probably was. And it's, it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money for anyone, especially when you consider she didn't get any of it. She yeah. just got her regular salary. She worked as this guy's secretary. And just, you know, when he was like, here, prepare this contract that I need to have someone sign, she did it. Like, Sounds to me like it's all her fault. She did her job. But when the investigation happened, the government came to her and was like, look, you're still involved and you could still conceivably go to prison for this. So as long as you cooperate with us, we'll give you a plea deal and you won't have to go to prison. And at no point was it ever brought up that, by the way, if you plead guilty, you might lose your citizenship. Yeah. Because by this time she had gained, she had citizenship. Also, plea deals are a byproduct of our broken justice system if people didn't like the justice system relies on such a large percentage of people taking plea deals just so the system can move forward if no one took plea deals the entire system would be overwhelmed and nothing would happen right right and so shit that was kind of her thinking was well i don't want to go to trial and risk actually doing prison time but at no point did anyone say also if you're convicted you might lose your citizenship and be deported back to Peru. Because again, she was a citizen by the time she was convicted of this, which means her punishment should be limited to any punishment that's handed out to a American working citizens. citizen with a real job paying real taxes. Right. And instead, what happened is she pled guilty and uh, cooperated with the investigation. She was sentenced to, I believe, a year house arrest, four years probation. She had to pay $5,000 in restitution. She worked two jobs to pay off that $5,000 in restitution. That all sounds like bullshit even. Yeah. Her plea deal is fucking bullshit. Yeah. But she got- No good deed goes unpunished. She got through it all. She served her house arrest. She served her four years probation. She paid her restitution. And then after all of that, this year, she gets a letter from the Trump administration saying, hey, that fraud scheme you were convicted of- actually started before you applied for citizenship. So we're going to denaturalize you. And at that point, once she's denaturalized, she's no longer a citizen, which means she's just uh, sort of here hoping to become a citizen, Mm -hmm. which means she's subject to deportation because she's been convicted of a crime. So also, I'm imagining she might need something like Obamacare for that kidney disease. Yeah, but you're jumping ahead. That's a different. <laughs> I know. I was just laying groundwork for a callback. Yeah, it's. Uh, but so then, if the government wins that case, where does it go next? Does it become 
and this is a legitimate fear that a lot of people have, because I know there's probably still that handful of goddamn Trump supporters who listen to this podcast who are like, yep, that's law and order. She committed a crime and that's how it works. No, it's not. That's not how it's ever, ever worked. And we're gaining nothing by deporting a 63-year-old grandmother with kidney disease to Peru, other than we don't want to have to pay for her kidney disease, because that's how fucking Nazis think. And so where does it go next? Because that's the concern a lot of people who are here legally, who did all the things they were supposed to do. Now they're like, fuck, did I say on my application that I'm, you know, 6'1 when I'm actually 5'10? Am I going to get deported for that? Maybe. You might. Because by the strictest interpretation of the law, you lied on your application. And that makes your application for citizenship null and void. And also, I'm sure... If you've had a DUI since then, you're out of the country now. Uh, Mr. Brown, I'm looking at your application here. It says your name is Adam Pod Brown. I had it legally changed. But we have your birth certificate here. It says Adam Todd Brown. That's my Kenyan birth certificate. Oh, okay. Yeah. Would you like to run for president, sir? I I would. I would. So that's a fucking force you should be tweeting about and being upset about and wondering why... It's needed at all. Instead of your fucking jokes about the Space Force, tweet some shit about the denaturalization force and maybe get that shut down before you decide the satellites that run your fucking Instagrams aren't that important. Or maybe write a handwritten letter, not even typed handwritten, to your senator, congressman. Just email them. And then, no, handwritten, and then take a picture of that and then tweet and Instagram that photo. Because I think that would be more meaningful. But I don't think tweeting is enough, I guess, is what I'm getting at. Yeah, I, like, I can see what that. What I'm saying is do something beyond tweet. I get what you're saying. Adam briefly went to the comments, and they're talking about the Flintstones. So. Yeah, I was trying to see how long we've been recording. Not that long. Yeah, it's like you're, you're pushing just, through. I'm like, I want to just sit here in silence. You're really, you're really tight on the uh, not allowing me to digress today. I'm being respectful of it, but... Well, because we have to record another thing oh. at noon. What do, you, what do you want to digress about, Chet? I don't know. What, what's coming down the pike in your life? Nothing. So let's talk about another really heinous thing that is going on with citizenship right now. And this speaks to what you mentioned earlier. Laying the groundwork. Laying the groundwork. Laying the pod. Cornerstone of this podcast. Coming down the pike. So the Trump administration announced another thing this week that is pretty fucking heinous and worth way more. <laughs> heinous. <laughs> like Operation uh, Janus. Jay Anus. Winter, where'd you go? Oh, she's right outside the curtain. She's hearing it. So basically, the Trump administration is now proposing this idea that is based on something. Nazism. Well, it's based on that, but it's also Stephen Miller is the one who's pushing it. So, yes, Nazism, because Stephen Miller is a disgusting fucking Nazi. But what they're pushing, it's it's based on either a law or something that was added to the Constitution in like fucking 1891 regarding immigration that says basically if you're unfit or you're going to be a drain on society, we might deny you the right to move to this country. Yeah, being real selective with the strict interpretation of the Constitution there. Right. Hey, let's go back to that First Amendment. Let's strictly interpret the shit out of that. 
And the way, even then, the way it was written, it meant it was very clear that they were talking about like people who were like on death's door and were actually going to be like people who would come here and just most of their existence would be based on public assistance. Yeah. And at that point, I think you can make an argument like, all right, like, do we like, do we need to draw a line in terms of immigration when it comes to stuff like that? But that's not the argument here, because the way the Trump administration is trying to bring this law back is that if there is a risk of you needing any government assistance of any sort when you come to this country, or if you're already in this country, but haven't yet gotten citizenship, but you're here legally and you're paying taxes, if you've gotten any sort of government benefits you're no longer eligible for citizenship. And remember, the, the 1891 version calls for that to be applied to people who are mostly going to rely on the state to uh, maintain their life. You the, know, 1891, when black people and white people drank from different water fountains, used different restaurants and bathrooms, and women couldn't vote. Yeah, yeah. The good old days. Yeah. And what's crazy is... The time period that Stephen Miller and the Trump administration point to as being the ideal in terms of American immigration is the 1920s, because there was a big influx of immigrants to the United States, which last I remember, that's a proud part of our history. But in the United States at the time, a lot of people were like, Ugh, and they put really strict caps on immigration. And a lot of it was racial based. Obviously, it was the fucking 1920s. But what the Trump administration is trying to put in place now or wants to put in place, they've proposed it. If I believe it comes down to 3%, if 3% of your living expenses, 3% or more of your living expenses are expected to be handled by state or government assistance, you can't be a citizen. Chet, that breaks down to a dollar a day for a family or 50 cents a day for a person. So if they're expecting that you're even going to get $15 a month in government assistance in any way, you can't be a citizen. Why? Who is that helping? I wonder if this data is available. You probably couldn't do it for voters. You couldn't confirm voters, but like, what is the percentage of Trump supporters? Like people that vote Republican versus people that vote Democrat. And of those, what percentage of voters or supporters would meet that criteria or not meet that criteria? Like what percentage? I wonder if it's a larger percentage of liberals or a larger percentage of Trump supporters that at least three percent, at least 50 cents a day, they get they get at least 50 cents a day in government funding. Because I think and this is just a, a small slice of America. The people that I grew up with, like I grew up in upstate New York. A lot of small towns. Um, it's Chris Collins is the, yeah. rep, the guy that the first congressman to support Trump and the guy that was just uh, arrested for all the right insider trading bullshit. But why I think of people that I know that are like huge Trump supporters, they're small towns. They the people I grew up with, they mostly have jobs that don't pay well and they're kind of in their own little bubbles. But like this sounds like a stereotype, but they're people literally that work at work at Walmart. Right. And Walmart's one of those schemes where, like, they underpay the employees 
So employees qualify for government funding, they get food stamps, and then they come back. I forget the exact statistic, but Walmart makes like an insane amount of money off their employees using government money to buy things at Walmart. Right, right. So I'm just trying to wrap my head around what percentage of Trump supporters are... But but like you point out on the last podcast, they have compartmentalized thinking where that logic doesn't apply. Yeah, and the the thing and is, the ability to empathize is not there. The number of people who would fall under this category is most of us yeah. because of Obamacare. And what's crazy is the same people they're targeting with this now. If they didn't sign up for Obamacare and went penalty, without health care, they would be penalized for that. But now that they did sign up for Obamacare as the law dictated, no deed goes unpunished. They are now subject to never being allowed citizenship because they signed up for Obamacare. And think how fucking insane that is. Where, like, that person is no more a drain on society than I am. Did you know Obama literally told Trump, like, just rename Obamacare Trump Care yeah, and make yeah. subtle changes? Like, just take credit for the good thing. Yeah, that's that would have been really easy. But alas, here we are. Trump care, more like Trump doesn't care, am I right? Come on! Hit a button! <laughs> hit a button! You always give me the short one. Give me a give me like a full song behind this. Yeah! <laughs> you know, a lot of people make Trump jokes. Oh no. I faded it out already. Okay. Sorry, Brett. Brett. <laughs> I'm Brett. You are Brett. Chet couldn't be here. So he's off on the live stream. If only weird. This pod doesn't even count because he never launched the stopwatch app. Uh, I know. Well, I'm just mostly confused because it says we've been live streaming for 29 minutes, but we've been recording for 40 minutes. And I don't remember hitting record that early, but maybe I did. I don't think you did. I don't think I did. What do you do on YouTube? Anyway, so yeah, this is one of the laws that the Trump administration is pushing. Basically, they're cracking down on legal immigrants now, which remember those, first of all, remember those good old days when no one thought Trump could win the election at all or even get the nomination. And then- I mean, I know one person that did. And then he he won and people are like, but he's never, like he's not going to start fucking deporting people in mass. And yeah, he is. And now, and and then it was like, well, even if he does, he's not going to go after legal immigrants. Well, now he is. So, at what point do we start worrying about this? Well, in his defense, as much as he says he's against chain migration, guess who got citizenship? Oh, that's right. Tell people about this. I didn't. I just saw the headline, and I don't give a fuck about Melania or her parents. Her parents are now legal U.S. citizens, and they used uh, what is it? Block migration, blockchain? No, chain migration. Chain migration, blockchain, blockchain is like cryptocurrency else. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> they went through the whole process, and, and like their lawyer's defense is like Melania's lawyer spokesperson is like, yeah, I'm not gonna really speak on it because they're not part of the White House, but it's all legal. It's like it's literally Trump is like, we need to end this now. His tweets are like, end this now. Nobody can come in. That bunch of hypocrisy. Yeah. They yeah. should be called the hypocrisy party. What? Because they're hypocrites. The, that's that's a that's a good one. So another thing happening with immigration this week, and this isn't so much legal immigration, but it's a pretty horrifying story. 
a bunch of fathers and sons who are being held in various immigration detention facilities in the name of protesting the conditions they're being held in are going on hunger strike. And by that, I mean 500 fathers and sons. The fathers are going on hunger strike. The kids are refusing to do their schoolwork, which that's good. I'm glad the kids aren't going to starve to death. But that we're already at that point where we're detaining people in conditions that are so fucking awful that they're going on hunger strike to protest. I'm sure Trump supporters are like, good, less of a drain on the society. They're not eating our food. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how you rationalize ration. <laughs> how you rationalize mass detentions as a thing that's good for the economy. Like keeping that's, the, we're spending a lot of fucking money on that. If keeping the private else. prison <laughs> sector. Yeah, profitable. I mean, if you're if you're uh, if you own a private prison, I absolutely get how you would argue that this is a good thing. The government has X amount of beds. They got to keep filled at all times, according to those contracts. Yeah, but that if you're a Trump supporter, how do you argue that that's benefiting you? Uh, you're a fucking Nazi. That's how. <laughs> I, I hate to, you know, boil it down to something that simple, but yeah, kind of. Like, it's just that you're this upset about immigration that, like, I don't understand it. I don't understand. We all have enough foresight and enough benefit of history having happened behind us to be able to look down this road and see where the fuck it's headed. And there's still so many in people in this country, even people on the left, even that like that contingency on the left that's like, okay, Trump's not actually Hitler. It's like close enough. Like Trump's not Hitler. He's our version of Hitler. He's yeah. what history's going to go back and be like, Hitler was a failed artist. Trump was a fucking great con man and this reality TV show host. Like history yeah. books are going to have to explain that he had a TV show that fucking dumb Americans watched and on both sides of the political. Bubble. What does it take? If you like the apprentice, fuck you. Apprentice, apprentice, apprentice. Yeah, fuck you. So, what does it take? Does it take these people on hunger strike to actually die before we go? Okay, this is I don't Nazi. Think it'll matter. Does it take the countries we're trying to send some of these people back to going? No, we don't want to take them either. And then they end up back here, and Trump goes, "I guess we only have one more choice." Here's the thing: with the amount of Republicans that are now pro Russia and defending Trump and defending Russia, if you explained. If you told people 20 years ago, what are, what are you, 2018? Okay, 30 years ago. Got it. That the Republican Party. 1988. Putin was a known figure then, right? Or is that more than yeah, the 90s? No, he, he was still behind the scenes. Yeah, he was late 90s. But if you're like, the U.S. is going to shun its allies, and our president is going to be buds with the leader of Russia, while he's doing these awful things and still gassing people and whatever else, Republicans would lose their fucking minds. Uh, yeah. But, but now they defend him. So, is it that far-fetched? You know, you're saying, like, people are like, eh, this couldn't happen. I'm going to go the other way. Is it that far-fetched that Trump gets reelected, and in five years we're having conversations where Trump supporters are literally defending Nazis? I mean, like, they make some good points. Things will be more efficient. Yeah, I don't, know if, whatever. I don't know if we'll ever be Nazis in name, but I can definitely see a point where there are still Trump supporters in this country defending things that are way more heinous than what's happening right now like this shit's not gonna level out it's not gonna get better and it's not gonna like hit a plateau where 
all right, well, we've reached the worst and now we're just coasting through the rest of Trump's terms. Like we have hit a turning point in American history and it's going to get a lot worse before it gets better. Like we're only two years into what I promise you is going to be a minimum eight year term for Trump. Yeah, he could pass. But his administration, like it doesn't have to just be Trump. And everyone should know that by now. And so I don't I don't know. Like we're already at this point where there we have detention center. We don't have concentration camps. We have detention centers. So we can't call them a Nazi because we call ours detention centers. So we already have the detention centers. We are already filling them with people. And the infrastructure is being built. We're filling them with people who are already going on hunger strike because the situ- the conditions they're being held under are so fucking deplorable. We're collecting everyone's fingerprints? Like, what else do we need? Like, what else do people who are like, no, this isn't Nazi shit, what else do you fucking need? Just because we're not holding Jews in detention centers? Is that it? Because that's not how this works. Because there were millions of people that weren't Jews that were also exterminated. People forget that. Well, not just that. It's not... I think people have this misconception that Nazism always has to target Jews specifically. And maybe it, maybe Nazism in name does, but they're following a blueprint that a lot of other countries have tried to follow less successfully because we've intervened or the world at large has intervened and uh, put a stop to it. And now we're, we're the ones picking up that idea that, hey, maybe this whole group of people in society are the problem and they need to be expelled for the betterment of the rest of society. And that's the kind of thing that starts out as, oh, yeah, well, let's be humane about it and just deport them. But when that stops working, then what do you do? And I don't know. Like, I don't I don't I just don't see this getting better. Well, what you can do, Adam, is you can vote and you can vote Trump out and you can vote leadership in. And I'm sure nobody from either side will contest the election process. Oh, man, if only there was another podcast in which we were going to talk about that and break that down. That is on this week's Unpopular Opinion. Give it a listen. We're talking about the upcoming elections, uh, which will definitely happen on time and will definitely be as flawless and controversy-free as any other election we've ever had in this country. I still have no idea how far we are, how far in we are. I mean, I think we've recorded for 45, What time minutes. is it? It's 11.30. Yeah. We Weird. St- yeah, something's up with the YouTube Yeah, I don't know what's going up, going on with YouTube telling us. Says the health is good. You got a healthy stream, Adam Podbrown. Yeah. <laughs> Primary stream. The health is good, baby. So, uh, yeah, that's what's going on in immigration this week. And it's bad times. There was also a story that I took off the notes because I didn't think we'd have time to get to it about a Korean woman who... She was in her 20s. She was in the United States legally, but was hoping to get citizenship somehow. And she joined the military with the thinking that, you know, I will work towards citizenship. She was decorated for her service. And now she just got a letter saying she's probably going to be deported because of her current immigration status. I wonder if you can claim bone spurs to get out of being deported. What? What? 
can't go back to my homeland. I got bone spurs. I don't know. You mean like a draft dodging kind of thing? Yeah. Okay. Is there a draft dodging? <laughs> That's the dot. Those were the dots I thought were reasonable connect- to connect there. No, no. I don't think they not were. Not at all. Okay. No. I think they were. Edit that out. No, that's staying. More like bread it that out. I do all the edits of podcasts that I'm on. All right. This podcast is dragging the fuck on. We need to get out of here. What do we have to plug besides paying more attention to immigration and less about what hacky jokes you can come up with about the Space Force? Patreon.com slash unpops. You can get a bonus episode of this podcast every month, along with bonus episodes of all the podcasts that I host and co-host. Plus outtakes. Plus outtakes. You get 17 bonus episodes a month, which is a whole lot for just $5. And you can also get all of our podcasts. We do 60 episodes a month in total, all in uh, two little handy RSS feeds. We split it up this week. There's the, the Adam Pod Brown feed and the non-Adam Pod There's Brown a feed. non-Adam feed with just all the shows that I'm not on. Also, live at the Hollywood Hotel, August 25th, a live episode of Pretty Scary with me, Caitlin Cutt, and Chet's girlfriend, Carrie Martin. I mean, I don't think that's true. How can she hate me but also want to date me? She, no she doesn't intended. hate you. She still follows you on the other socials. There's a large and amount I, of evidence that I points not, to her disliking me and all. Did I not put her explanation for why she blocked you in outtakes this week? I didn't listen to the outtakes yet. Oh, well, excuse me, Captain. I'm not on social media anymore. Oh, what was the explanation? Boil it down for me. Uh, No, you're going to have to listen to the outtakes to remember if I even put it in there. (laughs) (laughs) I think I did. I'm pretty sure I did. Can anyone in the comments confirm that? Yeah. Who knows? I saw Chet logged into Facebook today. I had to... What? First off, that's creepy. Someone saw me logged into Facebook today, and I had to because that's where Adam sends the notes. No, it just, if you're on Facebook Messenger, it'll show if you're logged in. But I was on my laptop, so the only way I could get to it was to log into Facebook. No, I'm saying that's not, it's not creepy knowing that you were logged into Facebook. Mm. Why are you being that way? Uh Chet, what do you have to plug? Uh, My email, chetwild at gmail.com. That's all. Okay. And you may or may not see me August 25th at the Hollywood Bowl, I think, or Hollywood Bowl, Hollywood Hotel. All right, let's get the fuck out of here chat we don't have another pod say hello for 24 minutes chat say hi what are we gonna do leave the live stream on what will you i will no agree. because it's a different live stream like goodbye everybody I will we agree love to you exit-